Hello and welcome to another episode of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. We're two rounds into the NBL season and I'm not sure we've ever seen a more <laughs> dramatic round of, of NBL action. So let's get straight into the action. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host, but the man you all want to get his opinions <laughs> of, Damien Martin, the defensive legend that has been. How do we find you this week? It was incredible. We're talking off air. Sunday alone had mm. more content out of those three games. <laughs> yeah. The dunks, the highlight plays, you know, a double overtime game, clutch shots, mm. fights. Yeah. <laughs> just, that was just Sunday. <laughs> we always had uh, Friday and Saturday as well. Look, incredible round of basketball. The the ability that's out there, the skill set that's on show, just amazing. And the passion. It did boil over a few times. And that rivalry, we'll get into it a little bit more later, that rivalry between Melbourne mm. and South East – it's real, and it's only going to continue to build after what happened yeah. uh, between Creaky and, P- and Peakling. Peakling. <laughs> Peakling, and Dally was in the middle of it too, obviously. Unbelievable. I mean, normally we normally we just try to catch up a bit at the start of each episode, Damo, but I don't think we have time to this week. We need to get straight <laughs> into talking about everything that happened. About. Thanks to Hoop7 for making it happen, and of course we'll speak to Adam Gibson shortly as well. And no better time to speak to somebody involved in the in the Phoenix camp. Well, Gibbo, he, he's there. He's, he's sitting alongside the team. We'll ask him why he's not playing. Mm. I can't believe he's not a contracted player. But, hey, he is helping out from a coaching point of view. He lives with Mitch Creek. Mm. So he might be able to give us a behind yeah. the scenes how Mitch responded uh, behind closed doors once uh, he calmed <laughs> down a little bit. So looking forward to having the great man, Adam Gibson, on a little later. But what, what was your take on... On the play, starting with the dunk. Well, the, the dunk was yeah, the, the, let's get straight to it. It was it was Sunday. It was the throwdown back in the first first time they'd played in front of a big crowd at John Kane Arena. So the scene was set for something special. Matthew Delavadova, first yeah, time for Melbourne United. Absolutely. So the stage the stage was set, and and the Phoenix had given up another big lead again, like they did in Game <laughs> Three of the semi-finals. But then it was late in the third quarter. Obviously, they the Phoenix got the steal. The Alpha dished off to to Mitch Creek, and and Daly's never going to see someone coming at him that he's not going to challenge. Let's exactly be honest. Exactly right. Whether he's got a chance of affecting the dunk or not, he's always going to challenge it. So full credit to him for going up against mm-hmm. a, a raging bull. Mitch, Mitch <laughs> Creek had a hell of a steam up, and that was the most incredible dunk that I would say almost we've ever seen in the NBL. The and only, he, he did it with his non-preferred right hand too. I was going to say, the one I probably prefer, just because, no offence to Delhi, but he's only six foot three, uh, the one I prefer, another leaner, Casey Prather over oh, AJ Ogilvy. And that was a facial, an N1, it was big time. But as far as the photos that have come out from this mm. dunk, Creaky was well above the ring. delhi has gone for it. Uh, Delhi's never given up on any plane his whole <laughs> life, so he not. knew he was going to try and contest. <laughs> just, it just had it all. And then Creaky caught up in the moment, big steal, big dunk, yep. yells in his face. He, yeah, he, Daly was on the ground, he flexed and he celebrated. Do you have any problem with Creaky doing that? No, not at all, because the emotions run high. That was a huge play. Mm. Now, had he bent over, bent his knees and really got in his face, that's one thing. Mm. It was almost just a sheer excitement and flex yep. uh, with a bit of scream to go with it. So had they just continued on and nothing eventuated, fair game, you know, next play, take the ball out of bounds. De- Delhi would have moved straight on. Yep. He would have caught the ball, run the point guard position. Yep. <laughs> Instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. I think everything had simmered down, but then Mason Peatling comes in and, and, and gives a decent hip and shoulder to, to Creaky. That was a that was a nice nice bump to his to his chin. Um, do you have a problem with Mason doing that, or do you do you like like your teammate sticking up for his teammate? No, there is a line. You're going to stick up for your teammate, but. If you're going to do the the push and shove, the rah rah, then you don't go in with a cheap shot. You go and grab the man. Do so you think face it was a cheap face. shot? 
Oh yeah, he's not looking completely turned, run straight through him. So, <laughs> okay. uh, you know, it, it was just one of those ones. Even he, I think he's come out and said, "Look, I was standing up for a teammate. I mm. saw it as a disrespectful act, but I've got to be able to calm myself and handle yeah. it a better way." So there's a way to deal with it. Um, <laughs> but this one obviously triggered everyone. They, before he knew it, you got Dave Barlow off the mm. bench. You have got a, the referees are trying to pull back Mitch Creek. Mitch got out of that one <laughs> yeah. pretty quickly. Yep. Look, it, there was a lot of players involved. A lot of guys facing the tribunal tonight. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm hoping there's no suspensions out of it. Yeah. I thought the referee... He's peeling the one that might get suspended. Yeah, in your I mind. think he's the only one that is a, a, a chance. Yeah. But in saying that, I think the ejection was enough. Yep. You know, No one got hurt from it. It was... It really was just a hip and maybe a little bit of shoulder, more mm. chest than anything. So I don't think Creaky's going to be waking up with any bruises. And yeah. Well, he was feeling his jaw afterwards, in fairness. So I wonder if it... Wasn't maybe a bit harder well, of a hit than we thought. We'll ask Gibbo. We'll yeah, see if yeah. he's uh, being able to chew down on steak sandwiches <laughs> the last couple of days. Can you eat a, eat a steak yet? Oh, it's always a risk. <laughs> With this, this jaw and these teeth, it's a risk. Uh, but, yeah, we'll ask Gibbo. Well, I'd love to hear his thoughts because, like I said, at the top of the show, he's roommates, housemates with, with Creaky himself. I thought Creaky uh, had that split second of what am I going to do here? And then, boom, he was off into the races trying to chase him down. What about what it does for the league overall? I mean, the league's going to use this as a promo for forever. It's already got 10 million views across social media. Globally, it was a, a, a major play on mm. on sports centre. What can it do for the profile of the league? Oh, look, one, it shows that it's a genuine rivalry between these two teams. Two, the emotions fly when you are in invested in the game and fans commentators everyone wants to see that so I, I had nothing wrong with it no punches were thrown or anything ridiculous like that instead it was two teams who genuinely don't like each other going at it in an incredible game uh, we haven't even touched on the <laughs> seven block shots you know, each side like anyway there's a yeah. lot to talk about well there is and there was, it was amazing there was more drama i want to get your thoughts on a couple of things demo plug your your earphones in i'm gonna Play you a couple of little grabs from the game as well. So here's so here's the the first one when Joe Chi missed a couple of couple of free throws and gave the people of Victoria a free cheeseburger. <laughs> um, tell me what you what you make of this. What Do you have a problem with that demo? Or was it? I couldn't quite okay, hear. Okay. Um, so it's, it's the court announcer at Melbourne United Games, Wayne Peterson, saying that... <laughs> yeah, I know, Wayne, yeah. ...saying that Joe Chi missed it, and but he probably doesn't even understand what we're saying. Oh, yeah, there is a fine line between what's funny and what might be crossing it. Oh, I know him personally, so I've got a biased opinion. He's, he's a good guy. He loves his Melbourne. Don't he, worry about he's that. Not, but, isn't uh, his first controversial incident, though? Okay, I was going to say, so it doesn't matter... How good of a guy you are if you say something that crosses the line. That's Does that cross, cross the, line? the line in your mind? I don't know. I, uh, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's very much borderline. I think it's mm. insinuating that a guy... Has is, anything come yes, he, from it? So yeah. he's, he's, he's admitted that he said the wrong thing and yeah. Melbourne suspended him for two games. And, yeah, okay. and, so he's and I'd a, love to hear him chat to the player and get an he's, understanding. He's apologised to yeah. Joe Chi himself, yeah. so I think Joe would have accepted his apology. But I think it... It's borderline racism, I think, just by assuming a guy from China can't speak yeah. English. Um, we know that Joe actually can speak English yeah. and can understand English. So he was trying to be funny, and I understand that. You want to support your team. But at the same time, there's a big Chinese audience in Melbourne that are now coming to games to watch Joe mm. Chi. And some of them have come out and said that they were offended by the comments themselves sitting in the crowd. Well, then so that's enough said. Then it is yeah. inappropriate. That, that's yeah. all you need to hear to know that it was wrong. It, it's silly me commenting on it, but it, when it's... 
they've come out and said, oh, we're here to support yep. uh, you know, our team. We're here to enjoy it. It's a family-friendly atmosphere. Those comments are a no-no, then, yeah, yep. it's a no-no. Now, another another comment that this time from Dean Rickerman. Oh, I think I know which one you're about to play <laughs> now, here. Take a listen to this, Damon. <laughs> Shitty off fantasy possessions. Yep, I thought the post-up was good for you early, but we didn't have it, so move the ball and get back to an on-ball that was good for us. You got a one-on-one attack, go ahead and score on Kyle Ladner. He's the fucking shittiest little defender in the league. Go ahead and score on him, all right? You have to make that play. No- what are your thoughts on thoughts on that? This is, a, this is a player that Dean had coached, obviously, at Melbourne and won a championship with. Yeah, well, Carl's definitely not the worst defender in the league, first and foremost. <laughs> oh, look, when, when the camera's in there and the microphones are in there, I think coaches have to pay more attention to that. I mean, you're aware that every second time out, you're going to have, you know, people listening in on what you're saying. When you're a coach, you are really trying to instill confidence in a player. And, and in fairness to Dean, what he was trying to say to Caleb Bagada was be aggressive, no one attack, can guard and, you, yeah. and yeah, that's what he was trying yeah. to say. Yeah, and I, so that's where I'm coming from. When you're a coach, you are trying to instill a level of confidence so that when you call a play, you're like, yep, I'm about to go drop two points here, yeah. three points. You know, it's <laughs> calling someone out on there, mm. you know, that's not the right way to go about it. And, you know, Vickerman's one of the great coaches he in is. the league. Yeah. And I dare say he would have personally called Kyle yeah. afterwards and said, got the better of me in the moment. Uh, but Do you was, use that done. as motivation moving forward if you're Kyle Adam though? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you'd be out to a point to prove. Mm. I mean, Kyle's one of the most improved players consistently over the last three seasons. Now he's a captain he's of captain, South yeah. East Melbourne. Like, he's continuing to have a great career and that'll only continue to get better. So, yeah, it was an interesting play to go at mm. because Kyle plays as hard as anyone at both ends of yeah. the court. Let's stay on that game. The impact that Joe Chi had was absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Even if he didn't score and he didn't collect a rebound, he's seven block shots, and I reckon that's probably under. Yeah. And he he, had, he changed at least 15 shots from Melbourne as well. I don't know if we've seen a big guy with that sort of defensive presence for a long time. No, well, look, Bogut healthy, yep. he had that presence. Yep. Uh, Bogut was incredible. And a lot of the things he did, you didn't even see on the box score. Similar, I know we saw seven block shots, but similar performances were Bogut's in the key. Mm-hmm. You either have a very good float game yep. and get a bit of height to it, or you're kicking it out. Mm-hmm. There's a few plays in particular that I can remember that they passed down open looks, essentially, yeah. in the keyway yeah. to kick it out for a contested three. Yep. And that's the impact that great centres with good timing, time their jump well, know the game, read it. Yeah, so it, apart from Andrew Bogan, you know, I know there's been more players in between, but mm. Simon Dwight is the next <laughs> yeah, one that comes absolutely. to mind yeah. with that type of shot-blocking influence. Yep. Um, it was a lot of fun watching his battle with with Joe Luella Chill as well. He had it seven was blocks great. himself. I was going to say, seven and seven. <laughs> yeah. First time in the NBL that a team, a player from either side has had seven blocks yeah. each uh, in, a, in the same game. It was amazing. I mean, we talk about his scoring ability. Uh, JLA, just one of the best natural scorers mm-hmm. in the league. But some of those blocks, he was chasing down, getting back in transition, you know, blocking three-point shots from behind. Yeah. He had a bit of all, a bit of it all. So, you know, I know I've got my three-two-ones coming up shortly with uh, the Best Defensive Player Award, and I apologise in advance. He should have at least got one point with seven blocks. That's crazy. Well, Maybe I'll bump someone out and uh, throw him in there. Now, nah, when we get to your votes, I think the three that you've got <laughs> d- deserve their spot as well. I reckon Sean, I think it was Sean that even had Joe down as his Best Defensive Player. 
Is that Selection right? Talent. I think it was Sean. Yeah. There we go. Uh, no, look, just a great game. Had everything: the dunks, the fighting, the block shots. The you know, both teams going on runs throughout the course of the forty minutes. Yeah, just a real highlight and a game that we we'll reflect on and talk about for a long time. And that was just one of the games on Sunday. <laughs> um, next up on Sunday was. The 36 is coming from oh. 19 points behind to beat the New Zealand Breakers. Um, they outscored them 56 to 26 in the second mm-hmm. half. Dusty Hannes, who admitted to having a horrible um, first couple of games for the 36ers, and he admitted admitted after the game that he was feeling pretty low about himself. Yep. And there was pressure from the outside on his on his spot already two games in, <laughs> but he showed what his potential was and showed the the bravado that he plays with and the fact that he loves to take big shots and. That was an important big comeback win for, for Adelaide at the same time. Pretty devastating for New Zealand. Yeah, and I don't know if he could have had a better coach to have had him for the last Absolutely. seven days. Yeah. You know, CJ Bruton, a big-time scorer, big-time shooter, yep. but every scorer goes through lulls, and I think CJ, the confidence, the, just someone to have a chat in between those rounds, you know, I, I dare say CJ's played a big part in that turnaround because you don't lose skill overnight, but you can lose confidence, mm. and confidence can affect skill. And Hannah, with people saying we need to bring in new imports <laughs> yeah. already, he hears that. He may not go online to read it, but he's certainly hearing it. And he knows that Adelaide, what, I reckon, within a month at the start of last season, they'd already moved on Donald Sloan. <laughs> exactly, Right, so oh, great game! It, it really was. <laughs> and New Zealand were fantastic. What about fantastic the shooting? Tell me, talk half. to me about the shooting of Will McDowell White and Hugo Besson in that yeah. first half. I think combined they went eleven or thirteen from three, just between those two. Forty-one points in the first half. It was amazing. I I uh, started heading into the Wildcats game to commentate at halftime. I thought, good on the Breakers, they're <laughs> yeah. about to notch up their first win. Instead, it went the other way. Adelaide got their first yeah. win, but I did not see that comeback happening. Uh, took a huge effort, in particular, an individual performance, mm. and yeah, a lot of fun to watch. Then the last game on. Sunday, the one you were at, double overtime, Wildcats and the Bullets. There was a lot of feeling in this one. I loved Lamar Patterson being so aggressive. Vic Law wasn't shy. Bryce Cotton had a scoreless first half, but he, yeah. he he bounced back from that. But in the end, it was it was probably Vic Law's replacement, Robert Franks, that that stole the show. Franks in that first half, in particular, he's just everywhere. You know, whether it's getting deflections on rebounds, deflections on passes, running the lanes hard, he's just a high energy guy, super athletic, really strong, and first half he kind of kept them in the game, and then they ended up going into the into the halftime with a lead, up four. Second half. It was a battle of the stars. You know, kind of what we expected for the full 40 minutes. We only got for 20, and, but boy, with, oh, sorry, initially 20, and then we had two lots of yeah. overtimes, so ended up being 30, but they were an amazing 30 minutes. Patterson and Sobey on one end, yep. and then Vic Law and Bryce Cotton on the other. And Patterson and Bryce both had pretty poor first halves, but, yeah. but that didn't last too long. Well, so did Sobey. Yep. So Patterson had a great second quarter, yep. and he just looked in control. I think he only had about six or eight going into half, mm-hmm. but... Watching with my biased Wildcats eyes on, every time Patterson touched the ball, I thought, okay, he's the real danger man here. Franks is doing some good things, but Patterson looks locked in and ready to go. And then, yeah, came out of that into that second half, and those four superstars were just amazing. So the first half, it was kind of that third player on each team, Franks v Blanchfield. Great to have Toddy Blanchfield yeah. back for all Wildcats supporters. He was impressive with 11 in the first yeah. half, but the superstars took over in the second, and oh, huge shots, huge <laughs> the end shots. The end of regulation, Vic Law sort of was an isolated play and ended mm. up taking the three. Usually that's Bryce Cotton time. Are you happy for Vic to take over or should have they found a way to get Bryce the ball? No, it's... Oh, look, when you're feeling it, you're feeling it. Vic was shooting the ball a lot better than Bryce. He's done Bryce it a lot of times against Brisbane especially <laughs> though, hasn't he? He's hit two game winners. <laughs> yeah. 
I just, I, as I was watching and commentating the game, we're like, I could just think Cam Bairstow is probably tuning in from somewhere going, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Big crossover, yeah, huge yeah. step back three-pointer on Bairstow. Has hit another game winner on Gibbo, actually. Gibbo it switched. Yeah. Uh, wasn't to be. Third time, not a charm for B. Cotton. And credit to Brisbane, they were fantastic all night and got the win in the end, but the game had it all. So many big shots. Sobey was huge at both ends. You you talk about Bryce. He he and Sobey and Sunday Detch, I'll throw those three people into this, the fittest players in the league, they just don't stop moving. And then when you're scoring at one end, both guys trying to put points on the board and then guarding each other at the end, it was amazing. I just loved watching that matchup in particular. And that was just Sunday. (laughs) <laughs> if we go back to Saturday, the Hawks and the Kings, there was so much build-up to the game off the court, but it <laughs> delivered on the court as well. I mean, the, the game from Duop Reith was, was massive. The Kings were under undermanned, and in fairness to them, they put up a hell of a fight. They were without RJ Hunter and... and and Jalen Adams, their sec- yep. second import. Obviously, DJ Vasilovic still not there. Jordan Hunter still not there as well. So they put up a great fight, but it was a the Hawks were, had too much firepower in the end. But this game... 21 seconds left, caught fire as well. Boiled over as well. Hey, Angus Glover didn't like having his shot blocked from Sam Froling and another another little bit of a blow. It was. It, would, it didn't quite escalate to the scale that uh, the Melbournes did. It kind of just set the tone for the next yeah, day, Yeah, that's it? right. That's right. So a little taste of what was to come the following day. Look, Angus Glover, first and foremost, it's great to have him out there. Three ACL repairs, two on one knee, one on the other. He's just a superstar that's been plagued with injuries. So 16 points, seven rebounds, three assists. Could have been 18 points. Points, but indeed, he had that layup blocked. Uh, and he ended up ejected and, after that. Yeah, yeah. see you later. Oh, <laughs> uh, look, that one was uh, a bit of fun against two teams, again, that dislike each other immensely. But for me, even though there was that push and shove, the real story was Duop. He yep. is showing why, after two rounds, he's probably the favourite for the MVP. Uh, albeit early days, Illawarra, they just got the best pickup in the offseason, I think. There's a lot of great imports. Duop's are local and uh, showing why he was on that Australian boomers team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and he looks like a guy that really wants to get back to the NBA doesn't mm. he I mean he's come back here with a point to prove and I think his relationship with Brian Gorgian is a big part of it I think I think Gorge really instilled some confidence with him at the Olympics in that time mm. together and now it looks like it's a, a great pick up and I reckon they've got five import quality players. Duops yeah. absolutely could be an import. Jessup, Jessup isn't technically an import, but could be. <laughs> then they've got actual imports who who are pretty good with Cleveland now finding his feet. Ratton Mays is looking good. And obviously, Tyler Harvey's one of the best players in the league. Yeah, you're exactly right. Look, I think they're going to go a long way. They're my preseason prediction to make the grand final. And they're so far living up to the expectations I had for them. And I was excited to see what Duop would do. Sometimes you get guys come out here and it's a different style of play opposed mm. to the NBA. Well, a Perfect example is Dengadel last season exactly who couldn't right. couldn't yeah. find his feet. And they released him. You know, yeah. same team, same coach. Yep. Different, you know, same opportunity. Yeah. I mean, same role, pretty much. But one guy's grabbed it with two two hands, and he's running with it. And yeah, just from all accounts, he sounds like a great guy as well. And so I'm loving what he's doing on the court. Okay, there's a lot to cover there. It's now time to get onto our awards for, for this week, Damo. We'll start with the Damo Award, the Best Defensive Player Award. This is brought to you by Everlast Drinks. Before we get into your votes, tell us a bit about Everlast Drinks and how you got involved and <laughs> what, why you would recommend them. Oh, look, I am. I'm an ambassador and, and it is funny. So I'm on the side of the the, bo- the bottle. So I'm yeah. on the label. And occasionally I've had a, you know, a couple of messages from current players. Brad Newley in particular took great pride in... Uh, <laughs> 
having having a drink and then having a bit of a laugh and more so yeah. the laugh than anything because it is I am retired I've got plenty of grey hair that photo is clearly taken a long time ago <laughs> when I was in the Australian Boomers but just a great sports drink so it's an isotonic sports drink Perth boy he got to the head of Coca-Cola lived in Melbourne if we wanted to advance any further we had to move to America and he thought no I've done everything I need to achieve in this brand of drink I've learned a lot I want to move back to Perth with my wife and kids. I'm going to start my own company and he's developed these drinks. Everlast is obviously renowned for being a, one of the oldest brands for merchandise, in particular yeah. boxing and sporting apparel. And so we've got the rights to the beverages. So we've got isotonic and now we've got some other drinks coming out mm. as well, more than, you know, similar to a nutrient water or a health drink. So yeah. great to be a part of it. Awesome guys behind the scenes. And don't don't get me wrong, there's going to be a few NBL teams uh, hopefully drinking from those bottles soon with hopefully some news to come. Adelaide 36 is one of them. And I love yep. their post-match press conferences right now. They've got the two bottles set up in front and CJ Bruden's staring at your face while he's talking to us. <laughs> he would be thinking, what is going on here? Is this some type of G up? CJ had a way more illustrious career than I did in particular in a Boomers jersey. He's probably like, if he can be on it, I'm a chance here. So maybe we'll have to get CJ on the next round. 12 championships between you. It's not bad. Um, <laughs> let's get to your votes. I think let's start with your one vote because this guy did a hell of a job on Bryce Cotton on Sunday. Yeah, I mentioned him earlier. Nathan Sobey, he's credited for being one of the elite scorers in the league. A quiet first half offensively. But if you go back and watch how he was defensively, he was still everywhere. Picking up the ball full court, denying, top blocking, lock and trail. Whatever he did at the defensive end, it was at full speed and it did not stop from the first minute to the 50th minute. Mm. It was just amazing. And, you know, you can only have a few goals when you guard someone like Bryce Cotton. And one of them is to try and contest every shot, tick that box when it came to sober guarding. The second one is try to run him off the line so he's out of, t out of rhythm, out of timing. And he, and he did as good as he could with that one. So... Bryce is a hell of a player, ends up putting on 18, 20, whatever mm. it may have been, but they were hard to come by, yeah. and a lot of that has to do with Sobey. So just watching them up close and personal, brilliant display at the defensive end. Your two votes. This man did another great defensive job against the Jack Jumpers as the Taipans got their first win of the season, but he had to do it all. He had to, he had yeah. to, run, the, he had to run the ship when Scott Machado got hurt. He had to score for them as well, and, and he still managed to defend really well. Yeah, McCall. Yeah. Uh, Look, I gave him votes last week. He's quickly becoming one of my favourite players in the league, and he is a two-way player. I know he came out here with, you know, is he a Bryce Cotton stopper? He's a defensive machine, things like that. No, he can flat out play at both ends. But, yes, his real strength is at the defensive end, and that generates easy yeah. points at the other way. So, yeah, another two points to McCall, just everywhere. Defensive rebounds, deflection, steals, block shots. Can do a bit of everything. And we spoke about this man earlier. The three votes was pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> seven block shots. And like you said, how tall? How tall? Yeah, seven one at least. Maybe seven three. Okay. It depends on who you listen to. That's right. Uh, look, just amazing. We, we compared him to Bogut earlier. He just has a good read of the game and utilised in the right ways. They're, they're pretty much sitting him in the key way, but he is willing to get out and guard when need be. But... When you can have as big an influence on the game, no pun intended, with making teams turn down open looks just to get the ball away from you, it's huge. So no surprise here. We, we had seven blocks either side for <laughs> Melbourne versus South yep. East Melbourne, but I could only choose one. No, there we go. That's the demo award thanks to Everlast Drinks. Now it's time for the Redditch, our Player of the Year award. Now, Sean Redditch has provided these votes once again. Tell me, tell me if you can disagree with any of this. Damo has gone. One vote, Dusty Hannas from the 36ers. Two votes for Joe Chi from the Phoenix. Three votes, Lamar Patterson from the Bullets. Four votes, Drop Reith 
from the Hawks and then five votes. Mitch Greg, we didn't even talk about his 36 points on Friday, <laughs> Friday night. There was a there was a career high for him. He's got the five votes. Yeah, look, Chi I just mentioned had the three points defensively. He was great at both ends as well, but take nothing away from those votes. I mean, the only one, Lamar Patterson was amazing. But was Frank's their best player? Mm. I actually think Lamar was, but I know that Frank's got the uh, MVP on the night. Yep, yep. And they announced him, but I thought Lamar was the big turning point in that second half. So I know it's hard to argue with. Creek has just been phenomenal. I mentioned Reith earlier as the early, you know, after two rounds, the MVP selection. But Creek, it just seems like a different guy this mm. year. It's going back to how he was, you know, two seasons ago, but better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he Absolutely. Just playing with the aggression of two seasons previous. But now he's a great shooter too. But now, yeah, you've got to guard him from behind the arc. So, yeah, he's doing some special things and will continue to do so. Reith, we've spoken about. Patterson was just clutch. And then Chi and Hannah's, mm. yeah, it's hard for me to think of who else I'd slot in there. Unfortunately. So thanks to Sean Reddidge for that. Now, our last award, the best team man. So we've called it the Galen mm. in honour of, of the late Galen. Young, which I'm, I'm very happy about. I'm happy to be keeping his legacy alive. Now, I've got some candidates, but I'm happy for you to pick the winner for this week, Damo. I reckon Mitch McCarron, just for the way he leads the 36ers, Cam Bairstow is being the workhorse on that Adelaide team so far. Kyle Adnam, very much underappreciated, but despite what Dean Vickerman said, I think he had two, <laughs> he had two really good good games leading a, a team with a lot of stars. To Jim McCall, we talked about everything that he does earlier. Robert Franks, you just touched on how important mm. he was for the Bullets, and I thought Ty Harrison was uh, unsort un of heralded for the job he did for Brisbane too. You can pick one of those or nominate someone yourself, Dan. No, I, look, as soon as I saw the nominations, for me, it went straight to Robert Franks. Mm -hmm. He just gets the job done, and then one thing you don't see is his input during timeouts as well. He's switched on. He does not want any possession taken off and called out some of his teammates for letting – um, it was Blanchfield, sorry, in the first half in particular – Toddy got open a few times. Franks came straight to the bench in a timeout and didn't blast his teammates but made it known that that guy is a shooter. Mm. We cannot leave him open uh, and expected more from his teammates. And for an import in only round two to straight away know the yeah. scout, know who's knocking it down. This was Todd Blanchard's first game back mm. after a long injury and he just did it all. He was a lot of fun to watch and even when those superstars took over in the second half, he put his uh, hand up just consistently throughout the 40, 50 minutes mm. uh, and was just consistently really good for them. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to be talking about Franks a lot this season. I think so. So he's the second winner of the Galen Best Team Man Award. Dane Pino got it last week and very happy to be paying tribute to Galen Young, as we mentioned. That's been a lot to dissect, Damo. That's, <laughs> that's taken deep breath. Round. When we come back, we'll be speaking to the one and only Adam Gibson. Okay, back here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle and really excited to, to speak to this man for the first time on the show, Adam Gibson. You're, you're a favourite of ours. You're obviously a long-time opponent of Damien Martin, but I, I've known you for a long time as well. So great to have you on board. How do we find you today? It's been a, been a, been a pretty hectic couple of days. You were, you were right there for all the action on Sunday. <laughs> Now, first, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I was just talking with me, mate, and obviously, Damo, I've got a lot of time for it as well. So, glad to be on with you guys on the show. And first of all, what a weekend. First of all, all the other games have been amazing to watch. A lot of drama and a lot of them. But uh, the one caught by the Sydney Dunk, which is one of the best I've seen in there, and I was hearing the flight on, the, the back and forth in the game. Just an amazing game. Um, two great teams going ahead, and obviously, the game is great for the sport. Are you housemates with Creaky? Is that correct? I am, yeah. We live here. Uh, quite interesting, but uh, no, it's been fun. 
How was he when he started to calm down and got to have a bit of a laugh about what happened? Uh, and, and is his jaw okay or is that just playing it up a little bit to the camera? No, nah, his jaw is fine. He, uh, yeah, I think he, he took a little hit. Uh, more, more adrenaline, I think. And once he calmed down, like, just a lot of fun and just the attraction he got online and whatever <laughs> afterwards. But obviously, you know, when you're the heat of the battle and you're in a bit of a push and shove and everyone's up and about, kind of leaves you marvelous a little bit. But he was just super high from the dunk and just at the moment of the game and then obviously the shove. So, um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was an incredible response after the game. It was, it was good to see. Oh, look, I, I agree. I think it's one of the best dunks I've ever seen in the NBL. You knew that Delhi was going to go from it. You know Delhi as good as anyone. He was always going to contest. But Creek, man, that was impressive. The only thing I can say was better than, than the dunk was when the photo came out on Creek's Instagram account and he's tagged Peatling in it. That's all he had. Just tagged him in it with that photo. I thought that was just brilliant. It was quite a lead. Uh, Delhi first of all. Delhi... is your role currently with Southeast? I mean, Pikey and I were saying that it blows our mind that you're not still playing. I mean, I know you've racked up 436, I want to say. NBL games, obviously two world championships, London Olympian, best defensive player, two um, two NBL titles. I, I, I Like I said, it, it blows my mind you're not still currently playing. I've got you tipped to play 500 plus NBL games. What's your current role and, and have you spoken with other teams or you can't really touch on that as a player? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously playing for 15 years, I've had a lot of injuries over the last year, like car issues and just missing games, so it's pretty hard, as you, as you would know, Damon, to keep up and mm. stay fit and healthy, so I completely understand why the club didn't want to resign me from that, that point of view, um, and a lot of it's time and place, you know, I'm no doubt if I was on another team, still being around, I would still have a contact, but, you know, we have some great young players, and I'd say they're probably going to take my spot at some point, so, yeah, I, I haven't really had too much interest from other teams, um, so my role at the club now is a bit of everything. I'm kind of volunteering my time. I'm learning the coaching roles. I'm down as a development coach, um, you know, learning on huddle and sports code, um, all that kind of stuff. I was training a little bit, some kind of training. I'm doing some coaching, some video, a bit of all over the place. So just kind of learning and some things, um, I guess, to the resume. So the moving forward, I'll have those things kicked off if something pops up in the near future. But but are you staying in game shape? Like hypothetically, if, if it, even if it's not southeast, there's injuries to other teams, which inevitably well, happens every year. A COVID or anything, can the club call you and bring you in? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm doing pretty good, Nick. Uh, my body kind of stays as it is. So I, I, like I said, I, all season I was working out. We obviously had limited numbers. So I was a training player and, and still put in the work. Then I have kind of had a couple of weeks off, but um, you know I, I trained again today with the young guys. So still staying in games, so still staying ready. The kind of goal was like Timmy Conrad done in, in Illawarra, mm-hmm. uh, kind of that injury replacement style, little fit. So, yeah, just saying, Rudy, if something pops up, it pops up. If it doesn't, it doesn't. That's why I haven't announced it's kind of a retirement reason yet because I still want to keep playing. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of just making it up as I go along, I guess, like <laughs> staying ready just in case. You're obviously, obviously a Tasmanian boy originally. I mean, I'm amazed that the Jack Jumpers didn't announce you as their first signing, let alone a signing at all. Did you have any conversations with with anyone from the Jack Jumpers? Yeah, I had like a uh, yeah, season uh, with Clay Perth in Perth, uh, right at the start, and obviously Scott just got the job, so I was kind of sitting outside of the stadium, had a, a 
brief chat. Uh, it, was a, it was a brief conversation, kind of a little bit of interest halfway through the season. Um, but obviously nothing's going to get done then. Um, and then basically nothing since. So, um, you know, they chose their roster and who they wanted. It would have been awesome to kind of finish up in my hometown. But they chose to find other pieces, so that is what it is. Oh, you better believe as soon as we uh, finish this, I'll be messaging both Jacob Chance and Scott Roth saying, what are you doing? <laughs> Bring him in. Oh, look, I love that you're staying involved in the game. Every time you do start putting pen to paper for a retirement speech, just crumple it up, throw it in the bin. There's still a long way to go as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Mate, I know we've taken up some of your time already, but give me your thoughts on where the league's at and in particular standout teams. You can't say Southeast. <laughs> you're not allowed to say them in any of this, but some players and teams in particular you're liking. Well, obviously, the start of the season's been unreal. One good thing about now, like, there's so many different players, obviously more imports, different imports. Coaches have changed, so now teams are running different, different, you know, Perth have done the same thing for 10 years. They've brought in a new coach. Brisbane with James Dunn, like, the new coaches, a new system. So teams are playing a, a different way and different imports. Um, obviously, besides ourselves, um, you know, I think when Perth are healthy, they're uh, going to be always a problem. Um, you know, you see Brisbane... I think they'll get their penalty back. They've had their call. Lamar's in great shape. Um, he had a great game. Um, you know, Sydney has some great pieces. I think it's going to be real, real even here. Uh, yeah, I think Illawarra will probably be one of the favourites. George has got his, his team. He wanted a great even balance, great import. There's some athletes in the league as well. So uh, the NBL is in an absolutely great position. And I think it's up to grabs. You know, I don't think there's it's one or two teams that are, are going to pin to the top. I think um, any given night, like always, it's amazing how far the league's come right now as well. We we were all involved back in 2009 when there was a chance that we wouldn't have an NBL season at all coming back into that Mate, you're talking 2009 to, We're talking season. to a player who was with the Bullets, then they folded. I know. Oh, the oh, Blaze, no yeah. longer. Uh, the Dragons, no exactly. longer. There, there was a, I remember There's speaking. a reason Tazzy didn't pick him up, mate, or no team. Oh, oh, they, they want to be around for years to come. Oh, oh, I remember speaking to Gibbo about exactly that when he left from Adelaide to go to Brisbane it was the first time he's ever been able to make a decision on his own to, to, to leave a club <laughs> and he's, the club he left at actually still still existed. I mean, it's remarkable how far the league's come right now, I think. Compare it to the A-League or, or the Big Bash, I think the NBL is probably the, the strongest summer summer league going right now. Thanks for bringing up those past demons. Like, I had three teams fold and I can go if I wasn't taking all the money. But even when I left Adelaide, there was, like, Adelaide were in a little bit of trouble there mm. for a while. There was shit going on too, so I snuck away from there. But you're right, like, I think there was 13 teams back when we kind of started and it got down to eight, almost down to seven, and it was in a really bad place. But to see where it is now, it's that NBA connection, um, the, the traction it's got online and the media, and it's pretty amazing. I, I wish I would start my career now just to be a part of what I think is going to be an unbelievable NBL moving forward, but it's in, it's in great hands, it's in great shape, young talent. Um, the, the standard of gameplay right now is awful, so it's, it's, in a, it's in a great position. Now, I know, Damo, I didn't want you to talk about the Phoenix, but I want you to tell me what it's like seeing Joe Chi up close and personal every day and, and the impact he's having, because I there's probably some people that weren't sure exactly what to expect from him. Maybe it was a bit of a gimmick signing, potentially even coming into the season. But right now, we've talked about him earlier in the show. He's right up there in MVP voting. Damo's got him right up there in his best defensive player voting. He's having yeah. a massive impact. What's it like seeing him up close and personal every day? He's just a huge human being. Like, <laughs> he can't... He, he's just the height of the man, but then, like, he's just not even jumping. Just, like, he's playing against little kids sometimes. He's put his hands above, you know, players and just ripped the ball off them. Obviously, he's blocked shots and whatever. Obviously, he's a great player. Like, he's athleticism around the hoop. He moves his feet really well for a seven, whatever he is, a seven foot two kind 
a player like he can sit down and guard guards and use his length to stay in front of people. Um, but he's a great, he's a funny guy. Um, his English isn't too bad, like mm. he understands a fair bit. Um, but just great around the group. Personality is like next level, and um, yeah, like he's having a great season. So he wanted to come out and show what he can do and prove that um, yeah, he's obviously a great player and he's doing that. And that's kind of, I think that's what we did to the fans who missed that real big that kind of like Andrew Bogan and did his summer block shots and uh, did first place and coming in the paint. So it's going to take our club to a new level for sure. And but not just us, but the NBL. And we, and we mentioned Creaky in the show already. He's just been brilliant in both rounds to begin the season. But the guy I'm loving back out there seems to get his mo- has his mojo back. Ryan Brokoff, does he seem like a different person, more so than player, uh, from last season yeah. when he got brought into now? 100%. He, he's one of the, I mean, besides Creaky, like, there's a reason why Creaky so well the, the work they do in the off-season Creaky um, Brady had a great off-season he put in the work the amount of hours in the gym getting stronger working on his body he came in under guard last year um, he had a hamstring injury a few issues but he put in the time he put in the work in the gym all off-season and start, they started to show both of those guys Creaky and Rowdy they, they, yeah, they work their ass off and Creaky's the strongest he's ever been because he, he boxes he lifts just relentless to like stuff and takes care of his body and Brad is the same. Like I said, had a great played off season. He's stronger now. He's playing defense like I've been super impressed with the stuff that he's been doing. So yeah, two great pieces having great years and hopefully they can keep going. You talked earlier about living with Creaky. Um, you've been through a lot of lockdowns over the last last two years <laughs> in Melbourne. C- can you give some sort of insight? Creaky, what? Creaky doesn't come across the type of guy that enjoys being locked no. up. Well, it seems you... like he needs a bit of freedom. Yeah, can you give us some sort of insight what it's like being living in lockdown with Mitch Creek? <laughs> I can't give a lot of insight. But, uh, <laughs> it's great. We, we, we live in a pretty big house. So we have kind of do upstairs and downstairs. Start sitting upstairs and got a big backyard, so we're able to um, kind of work out stuff. This is the first lockdown. Um, you know, we worked out and did a lot. The second one was pretty tough. We kind of stayed inside and just, it was, was a bit of a grind. But the area we live in is great. Obviously, we used to get an hour of yard time out, go to walk to the park or get ovals close. So, yeah, like, he's great to live with. Like I said, we, most of the time we do our own thing, but you know, when we Cook together, hang out, whatever. Going very, he was always up and about. He's right, he can't feel, but um, <laughs> he's a great roommate to have as well. Now, you've got such a long history with Damien Martin as well. When you think of Damo and your 15 years of playing against each other, or or any stories that come to mind, what comes to mind when you think of Damo? Are we talking on the court or off the court? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, let's go off the court. We, we, we all saw what he did on the court. <laughs> on the court, obviously, he's, uh, he's number six himself. What he read out about me, times that by doing there, there about Damo's numbers. But off the court, is, uh, there's a reason why everyone loves Damo. I don't want to pop him up too much, give him a big head. But it's a great, great teammate. A few um, Aussie road trips, um, tours away and stuff. It's a lot of fun. Uh, hanging around, even funny when he turns up on a bus with two different suits. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. You, just, you can't put a price on some moments like that. So, uh, uh, all we had a great night. <laughs> I still owe uh, Gibbo and Paddy. I owe the biggest thank you to as drunk as I was and, and slept through my alarm. Thank goodness Paddy did. Oh, Brett Brown ripped him and Gib- and, and Dan Kicker. The manager walked into our room. We slept through the alarm to fly from London to Spain. And the manager's walked into our house like, guys, get up, get on the bus. And kick it, just like, no, nah, I'll get on the next one. We're like, mate, it's an international flight. We actually really need to go. And I couldn't find matching shoes. I think I still might have been under the weather a bit. Uh, but no, good times. In saying 
Nat, I'll send you a case of Everlast for the nice words and me being, oh, able, to give it, me being able to give a plug. <laughs> I like it. Speaking of that, Gibbo, along those lines, have you have you stocked up for Christmas from Hoop7? No, I haven't, but um, Jay, so you always look after me when I get over there. So I'm going to try and work a way to come over and fly with the team somehow. Maybe with, uh, <laughs> I started my own business, adamgibson1.com. Feel free to check that out. You know, hopefully fly over and be a part of the team and still sit on the bench and go see Jason and the boys down there because um, for a good 10 plus years, he hooked me up with playing shoes. So love those guys. I'd be happy to take some of those Everlast drinks I see in there, mate. I'm all about it. I tell you what, if you do come over with the team, Gibbo, you'll have to come join us and sit with us for, a, for an episode two at the same time. Uh, lock it in. Ah, beautiful. Thanks for joining us, Gibbo. One more time, if anyone wants to get some one-on-one coaching or be able to pick your brain, an absolute mastermind of the NBL of international basketball, where do they go again? AdamGibson1.com for the number one. Yeah, it's been awesome starting that up. It's actually crazy. I think I'm making more now than I was playing. So <laughs> <laughs> I might have been doing the wrong thing for 15, 16 years. But, no, it's been awesome coaching a lot of kids, anyone from yeah, all ages. Especially, like it's been awesome, uh, really rewarding. So check it out if uh, yeah, anyone wants to keep me up. And let's be honest, Damo, it's probably much, much better than anything you get from Redditch Basketball. <laughs> Redditch Basketball Academy, nah. Adam Gibson, number one. I'll be straight there. <laughs> there you go. Uh, very good. Nah, Gibbo, thanks for joining us. You're a legend. You're going to be a part of the show going forward. Can't wait to pick your brain in a few more weeks' time. Appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me on, and uh, yeah, we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Gibbo. Thanks, mate. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle and Demo. That was a lot of fun catching up with, with Gibbo. He's got a great basketball mind. He's still got a lot to offer on the court. Let's hope we do see him back out there again. But it's going to be good fun catching up with him throughout the season. You're exactly right. We've got a, a little insight into what he's currently doing. The reality is he's going to be a great coach at mm-hmm. some stage. And the fact that he's preparing for that, I think, makes you realise that is the, the pathway he's going to pursue. I'm just hoping it's not in the near future. Yeah. I, I genuinely believe he should be a 500-game player. Uh and you look at the overtime games. This is where I see Gibbo. You look at that double overtime game. He's the type of player that might have only played 10 or 12 minutes mm. for you during that first 40 minutes. Yep. In overtime, you put him out there yep. because he's just got so much experience. He's not going to make any mistakes. He'll make the right reads. And for players who may be a little nervous or a bit edgy in that mm. type of game, no, nah, not Gibbo. Put him in a corner or knock down a three. Throw him on a great offensive player who'll play lockdown defense. Uh, I think we will see him in a jersey at some stage. And, and like I said, I hope it's sooner rather than later. And then he will go on to be a great coach. I didn't want to bring it up to him or make a big deal about it to him but he said he was hoping to go back home to Tasmania to play for the Jack Jumpers. We both agree that he's got plenty left to offer. Um, we look at the Jack Jumpers roster and without disrespecting anybody there's room for Adam, Adam Gibson on that roster. Did they make a mistake by not signing him? Well I think when you're starting a club as a whole then you should have someone with the type of experience that Gibbo's had. It's championship experience. There's a yep. difference between bringing in someone that's played 200 games Versus bringing in someone who's played, well, he's played 400, but say 200 plus. Yeah. But one he's won two championships, been, been to the captain. Olympics, been captain of another Adelaide team that went to the grand final. Yeah, so it ticks a lot of boxes, in particular for a team that is starting out. Uh, look, Scott Roth had a lot of time down in Tassie preparing for this team, building the roster. He's a great coach, good mate of mine, but I would love to have seen him sign a Gibson. Uh, for a number of reasons, mm. but in particular, what he could have brought to the club as a whole in rebuilding. Touching on Scott Roth, before we get to our, our tips and selections for round three, I spoke to him last week and it was probably 
one of the most emotional interviews I've ever done in my mm-hmm. in my life, and I've done thousands of interviews probably over the last fifteen years. But I wasn't expecting it to go this way. But he was he just opened up about everything he's been through in the last fourteen or fifteen months, and and the pain that it. He's suffering still from being separated from his his wife and his daughter. He hasn't seen them. I know you can talk to them through Skype or whatever, but he just talked about the fact that they need him back home for things. There's things that they need him for to physically come and do for them that he just can't do from the other side of the world. And he said he's been to some really dark, dark places and he has been in in a really bad place mentally for a lot of this time building this Jack Jumpers team where a lot of the time he's probably been stuck in a in a house by himself trying to build a team for a long time after he left left Perth and then probably even more so recently you know with the holiday season it's how tough it is you you just said you know him pretty well and have spent some time with him I mean it was a remarkable story for him to share pain that he's been through I mean could you imagine going through what he's He's going through. And he's only talking about the last 14 months, I believe, when he was chatting with you. Prior to that, he was coaching in China. Yeah. So obviously he was here with the Wildcats. The difference was then they could come to visit him and he could go back home. Right now he hasn't had that chance. Exactly, but even then it was sporadic. Yeah. So even though it's been 14 consecutive months of no visits whatsoever, before that it was only a handful. Because it wasn't the plan to leave America and then just not return essentially for three years. Mm. And so the sacrifices he's made to take on a head coaching gig here in the NBL, to start up, to travel around the whole state of Tasmania, to build a complete roster. And it's more than the roster. It's little things like helping with uniform designs, helping with promoting the game, the initial marketing, memberships, getting out there and talking to other coaches. It's a huge job and it's made so much easier when you get to come home to a loved one, Mm. embrace your children, cuddle your children. With the time difference, he's lost that. So it, it is, I, it, my heart breaks for him because he is a family man first and foremost and he's doing this for his family yeah. like they need yeah. an income uh, and it's too good of an opportunity to say no. I hope that with borders opening up, you know, vaccines, whatever it may be, whatever yeah. it's going to take. Can you uh, imagine that reunion when they oh see each other man. again for the first time? He, he will be an emotional wreck and it'll be the most beautiful moment yeah. and he deserves such a, such a moment with his loved ones. So I'm hoping that Tazzy do some great things on the court for their coach but more importantly, I'm hoping that behind the scenes we see a, a ticket booked and they can <laughs> somehow get permission to get out here and who knows when or if that'll be yeah let's hope so okay let's get to our preview for round three of the nbl if it's anything like round two we're in for something pretty (laughs) special so this is thanks to tab touch head to tabtouch.com.au for for more now would you believe after how badly sean reddidge and maddie knight did on their their tips last (laughs) last season demo Matty Knight so far this year is six from six. He's raised a lot of money for the for the Brain Cancer Foundation already. Good for Matty Knight. I need to stay, start paying more attention to his mm. tips. Uh, and, and, look, and, and Sean only missed out going six from six with with Perth, with Perth miss, losing in double overtime. Ah, uh, that's impressive. I will have to read who their predictions are this week because it's a, another blockbuster weekend with plenty of games that could go either way. Well, well, look at this one Thursday night to start with. Melbourne United and the Sydney Kings. When's Goulding back, do you know? He'll be back for this game. Yeah, okay. With that in mind, I'm going to go Melbourne. I just... <laughs> saw enough late to you know Delhi finishes with 19 points yep. 10 rebounds he looked good didn't he yeah, yeah so he's starting to get full control out there JLA JLA who we mentioned earlier credited for scoring the ball but he won't have his shots defense. blocked this time exactly <laughs> right uh, look there's just a whole lot to like about Melbourne and with Goulding back it just adds another dimension Sydney is still injury plagued yep. Sydney at full strength I don't think any of the four guys the Kings are missing are expected back yeah uh, so that's why I'm going to tip Melbourne in that one and then Friday night double header mm. Hawks New Zealand who have you got no, I think the Hawks far too strong. Unfortunately, the Breakers still struggling now. Mm. Peyton Sivers out for 
six weeks, and I think they're going to have to bring in a replacement. Abercrombie's still not back. Yeah. So I think the Hawks, far too much firepower. Friday night, you are you on the microphone for the Bullets-Wildcats rematch? I will be. Uh, Perth, Brisbane, can it go to another double overtime? <laughs> Look, I think Perth are going to be <laughs> have more of a focal point on the rebound count. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that you win a rebound count, I think 80% of the time you win the scoreboard. Yep. So they were beaten quite convincingly on the rebound count in that first half and overall. So, yeah, I'm going to tip Perth to have a focal point on the rebound count. I do expect Fraser to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see all three imports play together for the first time. Toddy Blanchfield with one game under mm-hmm. his belt. He's going to play more minutes. Luke Travers was solid but didn't shoot the ball as well as he mm-hmm. can. So I think we're going to see a better performance. And with those three things in particular from those three guys, plus the rebounding factor, yeah, I expect Perth to bounce back and get a win here. We'll race through these. Saturday, Sydney Kings and the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Well, it's not often I expect Sydney to get swept because I've got them in my top four at the yep. end of the season. But I just really like what I'm seeing from Southeast. Yep. We've spoken about their guys throughout the, the show already. Can't we, Southeast? And then second up, this will be an interesting one. I'm mm. not sure about the health of Scotty Machado, which I think will have a big say in it. But the Taipans at home to the 36ers. Taipans, if Machado's in, Adelaide if they're out. Sunday Detch has been a huge mm. piece of the puzzle that's missing right now for Adelaide. So I think they're going to love getting Sunday back. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Cairns at full strength at home are always hard to beat. Now these Sunday triple headers are pretty pretty appetising. First one, <laughs> it's a tough, tough one for the breakers up against Melbourne United. For less than 48 hours after facing Illawarra mm-hmm. Hawks, who are just playing great basketball, they've got to face Melbourne. Now, obviously, Melbourne are also playing, but they have that extra sleep. You know, they're yep. playing on Thursday poster. And they've Friday. got a deeper rotation. The breakers are basically playing with six guys. Yeah, Abercrombie's a huge out. That injury just really hurts them. Uh, Melbourne, again, unfortunately, I see the breakers not not having a win yep. by the end of yep. round three. Bullets, first home game of the season, up against the Hawks. Yeah, I think Brisbane will get this one. Mm. Uh, I just... Really enjoyed the depth they've got, the style of play. I loved listening in on their coach. Mm -hmm. He was so calm. His communication is brilliant. Now, he got after players when he needed to get after players. James Duncan, you're talking about. He's he's very, very smartly dressed too, isn't he? Very smartly dressed. Look, we had two Canadian coaches going against each other. We will again on Friday, Scott Morrison and, and James go way back. They've known each other a long time. But I think Duncan's got these guys playing at a level that's going to see them, uh, you know, threaten for a finals position. And I think they will get the win over those Hawks. Last up, let's hope that Sean Reddidge is back and we get a break from, from you, Damo. But the Wildcats <laughs> at home to the to the Jack Jumpers. If anyone knows the Wildcats well, it's it's this Jack Jumpers team. Yeah, exactly right. It's uh, a lot of former Wildcats, both on the playing roster and in the coaching staff. Oh, I think Perth. Perth at home. They're just going to get them. Simply put, I think they're just going to get it done. They're in Perth. It's their last game for a long time, potentially, yep. at least until the borders After open February up. 5th now, at least. Yeah, so I think they're going to make the most of this opportunity. There we go. That's Damien Martin's thoughts on round three. What a round it was in the NBL demo. I hope we've done it some sort of justice. Thanks to Adam Gibson for joining us. And now, next week on Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle, Alex Loughton. <laughs> Give us some sort of insight on on what the old co- co-host of the Pikey and Louse show might offer us next week, Damo. Uh, honesty. Uh, comedy factor uh, high basketball IQ and just a very laid back guy so on the court he could do it all off the court you love to be around him and yeah it's a pleasure to have him similar to Gibbo and and Rob Beveridge they'll be uh, voicing their opinions every few weeks and yeah bring on Alex next one